Hey, welcome to my brand new podcast. Thought I'd try something a little different. Live, love, laugh with me, Lexi. Okay, so a little bit about me, so you're not sat there thinking, who is this girl? Who am I listening to right now? Uh, so I was born and raised in Devon, Torquay in Devon. I get so many people being like, oh, no way. I used to go on holiday there when I was a kid. Yeah, it's that place. It's cute though. It's nice to go back to. Uh, but I definitely class myself as a city girl now. I've been in London for nearly, it's literally coming up to 10 years, actually. I love fashion. I'm literally a self-confessed shopaholic. I don't think I can go to a store without buying something. Yeah that's me. I have a little toy poodle called Bali. She's an absolute babe. She comes with me everywhere. And I love cream teas. I know this sounds a little bit like a Tinder profile, doesn't it? That wasn't the intention. I thought I would put together a podcast because I have recently been in France. And whilst I was away in France, my boyfriend decided to listen to a podcast. Um, But his was like more of, you know, those like motivational ones. I get it. They're good. They're great. Um, Personally, they're not my cup of tea. Like I'm all up for being motivated, but sometimes I feel like those uh, those podcasts are kind of, they make me feel bad. I feel like it's just someone being like, you need to do better. You need to be better constantly. And I'm like, ah, so I thought I'd do something completely the opposite. Weekly roundup, really. What's been going on in the week? Catching up with what's on telly, bit of celeb gossip, bit of fashion. Did anyone watch Stacey Dooley's documentary the other day? It was about the secrets or the bad secrets of the fashion world. Um, you can get it on Catch Up. I watched it the other day. I love Stacey Dooley's documentaries. We've got really into them with her being on Strictly. I've, I reckon her views are going to go up. Everyone's searching for Stacey Dooley investigates. We've watched a couple now. But the fashion one is saying how fast fashion... Um, is basically destroying the earth. And she went out to witness how this sea had completely disappeared. And that is because all of that water has been used to grow cotton for cotton farming that eventually obviously is used to make all of our fast fashion. And she also saw how all these massive warehouses and factories that are used by high street stores where they buy their clothes from um, are polluting rivers that people are using for their washing, are using for drinking water. Um, it's a really interesting documentary. Go and check it out. Absolutely. Uh, right, let's do some shameless plugging because this is my first podcast. Um, you can find all my social media. It, uh, hopefully it's nice and easy for you guys at Lexi Carducci across everything, every platform you can imagine. It's nice and straightforward. There you go. I've tried to make it easy. Talking about social media and technology. I recently had a little break from social media and my phone. I know it's difficult, but I just find that being online or being contactable 24-7, it's probably not great for you. Like, do you remember, or you may not remember in the old days, I do, when you didn't have internet, you didn't have 24-hour access to your emails. It was so much better. And honestly, I feel like I need a work phone and like a personal phone my uncle does this at the weekend. He just turns his phone off, his work phone off. Done. I'm not coming back to you until Monday morning. And that's exactly how it used to be. Like we didn't used to have to check our emails at the weekend. It was like you could enjoy the weekend and then, you know, go back to everyone on Monday. But I feel like because everyone knows that you're constantly with your phone, you'll pick up an email straight away and they expect a reply really quickly and I don't think it should work like that anyway um if you've upgraded if you've got an iPhone and you've upgraded to the new iOS I don't know what it is now is it iOS what are we on 
iOS 12, 12.01. Now, if you've upgraded to iOS 12.01, you will see there is a new little feature called screen type. Now, I don't know what Apple are trying to do, but they're basically letting us know that we use our phones too much. Um, so it may kind of go against them, I guess, because we're all going to be putting our phones down. Hopefully, when you see how much time you spend on your phone, you'll probably be quite shocked. So if I go into mine just this morning, I'm recording this at 11.30. I've been on my phone for one hour, 57 minutes, which is 22 minutes above average. Um, it also breaks it down into what you've been doing. So social networking, 16 minutes, which I'm actually quite impressed with. That's not bad. Productivity, 27 minutes. And entertainment, 43 minutes. And then you can click into that and see which exact apps you've been using. You can look over the last seven days. So I've averaged from the last seven days, four hours and 41 minutes per day. That's quite horrific, I think. (laughs) Um, When you think of what else you could be doing with that time, yeah, it's shocking. So yeah, have a little look. Let me know, by the way, what your average daily use is. I'd love to know. I'd love to compare myself. See see how good I'm doing or bad. Probably bad, I would think. Anyway, right. Let's go through what's been going on this week, shall we? First up, TV Talk. This is your weekly roundup of what has been happening on the telly. So Strictly, big week for Strictly, as I'm sure you're aware. The news, obviously, last week about Katya and Sean uh, really took over everything, I think. It kind of paid off for Strictly, I guess. It got 12 million viewers on Saturday night, Strictly did, which is incredible because everyone's probably tuning in to see what Katya and Sean got up to. So let's just do a little recap of Strictly spoilers alert by the way if you haven't seen it but that's kind of what this podcast is for if you haven't had time to watch it I could basically just tell you exactly what happened um so we started the night with Joe Sugg he kicked off the show with a cha-cha he was told last week he was given the feedback he's so cute because he's so he's so um petite isn't he and he's but his frame is just incredible like he just stands so upright but he was told by the judges last week that he sticks his little bum out a little bit too much so he's been working on that anyway this week he was told to focus on his hips because obviously in the cha-cha you've got a lot of those little hip rolls going on which I think he did quite well but they did want him to focus on that a bit he danced to I just got paid such a tune in the charts at the minute love it Um, I like it when they do dances to modern songs I really just think it attracts like I think feel like they're going for a younger audience this year anyway with their contestants but playing chart toppers such a good move Bruno wanted to see more differentiation between dances which I think is fair enough because he's done a lot of fun stuff I say take Joe back to the ballroom anyway he got a good score he got all sevens but a five from Craig and gave him a score of 26 I really like to see the judges by the way this week I feel like they did it a lot recognizing the dancers the professional dancers and really saying how well they've done on their choreography because if you look at like the dance that Katya and Sean did last week to the Matrix it's so creative um, the judges as well always recognise the band and the singers because they do such a good job, don't they? Up next was Vic Hope and Graziano. Love these guys. They Just their hair, they are like the perfect pair. So they are doing a quick step to Vic's mum's favourite song, You Can't Hurry Love, Diana Ross. Beautiful song. And works really well with the quick step. Again, a song that 
I wouldn't necessarily put forward. This is why the professional dancers are so good. Loved the ending. They basically like got into a boat and then, I mean, you couldn't see them, but there were like these guys on the side of the stage that must have been pulling them across the dance floor, looking like they're going on this little love boat. So cute. Craig says that Vic's really come to life and you can see this from their score. Their score was joint second this week. They got sevens and one eight with a score of 29. So good. Danny John Jules and Amy, they did a Viennese waltz. Darcy said it, that he had such great posture. He really does, doesn't he? Like he's just so, maybe that comes from his acting and he's just like so grand in the way that he presents himself. Shirley said that he took a step in the right direction. Love it. And I just find that he's really elegant and he does like glide his way through. Anyway, he got all sevens and one six, gave him 27 as a score. Faye and Giovanni next. Now, they got the highest score last week with their dance in movie week. Um, They were Danny and Sandy from Greece. Oh, my gosh. Go back and watch it if you haven't seen it. Because they were... Oh, they were just great. She looked insane. Every move was spot on. Uh, But this week, they did the first rumba of the season but they th- they still think they had a long way to go with the rumba so maybe they can come back and do another rumba anyway they still got 29 same as Vic and Graziano Katie Piper and Gorka did a jive they really well she really really got into character it was basically Gorka was like a bit of a geek he was trying to win over Katie Piper and they did this really fun flirtatious dance um, the judges say to work on her timing which I think has been general feedback over the last couple of weeks uh, Craig said it was a bit stompy but that's Craig and I kind of feel like the stompiness was actually meant to be in the dance um, Craig gave them a three though which I think was a bit a bit sad and the rest were five so 18 they got uh then we had charles and karen who were in the bottom two last week surprisingly they did a salsa this week so many great lifts again really great with lifts they did um karen did this cool little cartwheel very good um it was the third time they got a score of 25 uh lauren and aj next another quick step they did it to years and years again see smashing the tunes on this show all these pop tunes i love it craig praised her energy i really think she's finding her confidence now they got all sixes and one seven so also gave them a score of 25 uh dr range and jeanette manrara now this was a great one to see it was so dramatic and this is exactly what i was saying earlier about how the professional dancers can really create such a good unique dance uh, because as you know, i'm sure you're aware dr ranch is like the smiliest person ever but this week they did a pasa doble and of course it needs to be serious doesn't it it needs to be serious it needs to be punchy so a bit of a challenge for dr ranch tess said it was the longest he'd ever ever gone without smiling <laughs> which I think is so true um Darcy said what a nice surprise and it was all good feedback and it was very dramatic and he looked great and you could just see the kind of determination in his eyes and trying not to smile there even though he obviously he was really enjoying himself they got a great score 27 all sevens and one six Kate and Ali Ash. Now, Kate is probably one of my favourite contestants in the show. I just think she, for me, is the one that I'm most surprised about. I know everyone's saying that it's Joe Sugg. He he obviously is such a big surprise as well. I don't even know why. We've, like, prejudged these people, which is really bad. Um, But I just think Kate's amazing. She's stunning. And she just puts her all into it. And she's just got this, like, natural 
ability to be able to dance on the ballroom. They did a samba this week. And remember last week, she nearly fell down the steps last week. But Bruno said that she made it part of the routine. And I think she did. And that just shows, I think that's from the news, you know, when suddenly you're given something or like a bit of breaking news comes in, you've got to work on your feet and you've got to, you know, improvise a little bit. That's what she did. That's why she's so good at it. Anyway, they danced this week to Toto's Africa. Love that song. Great choice of song. And Kate loves Africa. She's done a lot of work there, so it really meant something to her. However, unfortunately, the judges said that it was a bit too cloppy um, and she led with her heels. So they all agreed that it wasn't her best dance. I'd probably agree. I don't think it was as kind of elegant and flowing as her previous dances, but... I know that she's going to be back because I just know that she's got so much more to give. So they got a score of 20. Uh, Graham and OT. Now, I love Graham. He's great. He's got so much energy. He's like a little jack-in-the-box, isn't he? They did a jive this week. Perfect for him. Perfect for his energy. He absolutely nailed it last week as Spider-Man. They got three eights, which is just... I think they were shocked as well. But yeah, they're trying a jive this week. And um, he's just such a cool guy, isn't he? And he really gives it his all. They danced to Queen, Don't Stop Me Now. Again, a song that I feel like fits him down to a T. And um, when when Graham dances... I'm literally, I'm just smiling along with him. Like really, I'm just enjoying myself. Like I'm tapping my feet and I kind of I trust him. You know, when you watch some dancers and you're like, oh, like cringing, not like cringing a bit that you think that they might mess up. I don't feel like that with Graham for some reason. I feel like I just know that he's going to do really well. And I know that he's got it. Um, he got a score of 26 pretty good. Ashley and Pasha, another one. Now, I feel a little bit sorry for Ashley because, well, because of her background being in the Pussycat Dolls, I feel like everyone's put her on this pedestal and they are expecting so much more from her than the other contestants. And I think that's really hard for her to kind of live up to, knowing that everyone's just expecting so much. You've got all this pressure. They did a tango this week and, oh my goodness, it was hot. Um, last week, they, if you didn't see it, so in movie week last week, they danced to Dirty Dancing. The lift was involved. The lift. It was amazing. They smashed it. And it was just, oh, it was, there was so much tension in last week's show because in all like the VTs, they hadn't done the lift perfectly ever. But I think that's what it is. Ashley and both Ashley and Pasha, I think when you're put under so much pressure and it's the live shows, they just pull it out the bag, don't they? So they nailed the lift last week. Um, this week they danced to Taylor Swift, a bit of Tay-Tay. Look what you made me do. An interesting song, I think. Interesting song choice. But yeah, I, again, they absolutely smashed it. All good feedback as usual. I, I just, they got all eights. So score of 32 pretty good that's the highest so far this week so up next was sean and katia now they were left second to last i don't know if this was done deliberately but everyone except for tess and claudia they did make a couple of little comments in there but other than that even in their little vt video the whole news of last week was completely brushed over and that's probably the right way to go about it because at the end of the day it is a dancing show everyone wanted them to be judged on their dancing um and they actually did they gave it a really good effort and you could i think you could see that that maybe they were a little bit nervous and 
I did some really great lifts. It was a fun routine. It was set at a pizza restaurant. And Katya is just so good at creating this choreography. Every week, it's different. She really incorporates like all the like props. And I mean, they were dancing with pizzas. It was great. And it made me want a pizza. What's better on a Saturday night? Um, such good choreography from Katya. And they really did give it their all. So they got a score of 28, which was, um, I think that's like third on the leaderboard. So not bad. Um, then last to finish the show, Stacey and Kevin, they did a foxtrot. So in their VT, it showed that Kevin kind of went around the UK with Stacey all week and they've been rehearsing wherever they can like all throughout the UK Birmingham Northampton so they've kind of fitted their routine this week around that around their little trip around the UK so they have their story is like they're on a motorbike it breaks down in Grimsby love it and then they could do the foxtrot from there it was great and I love Shirley's delivery to them because she gives a shit sandwich. And I think that is the best bit of feedback you could ever get. I tell my boyfriend this all the time. Like, if you're ever going to critique me, give me a shit sandwich. Like, you know, you want to be told something good. Then you want, you know, the bit that you can prove on in the middle. And then you wrap it up, finish it off with something good again. That is how you give feedback. Thank you, Shirley. <laughs> um, so then on Sunday night, obviously the dance off. Um, spoiler alert. So Katie and Gorka and Charles and Karen, again, this is the second week they've been in the bottom two, but they're so good. So I don't know if it's just, maybe they haven't got the fan base that's there at the minute. I don't know what's going wrong for them because they they really do such a good job. And it's their second week again at the bottom. But in the dance-off, all the judges were unanimous in making their decision and they saved Charles and Karen. And unfortunately, that meant we said goodbye to Katie and Gorka. So that was all your Strictly Goss. Now let's head over to ITV, the competitor channel. I mean, you sit there on a Saturday night, you watch one or the other, really, do you? Fighting for those views. I actually go from Strictly... I'll miss a bit of X Factor and then I'll switch over to ITV and uh, catch up on what's been going on on X Factor. But if you missed it at all, so we're basically on to judges' houses. The live shows start this weekend. So that's the big one. If you've missed it up till now, you know, you're still good. You can still catch up with everything. You haven't missed much, to be honest. Uh, It's always the live shows that really get you, aren't they? So we had judges' houses at the weekend. So, um, we found out who would be joining the girls. So Simon took four girls through last week, which was a bit of a shocker because normally at judges' houses, they only take three through to the live show. Um, I think Simon had his way, though. He wanted to take four of the girls through. I don't actually blame him because they were so good. Like, honestly, the talent of the girls this year is incredible. And they're all quite different, which I think is nice. You know, when normally you're like, hmm they're a competitor to that one because they're very similar uh but actually no they've all got something about them so we've got bella molly so basically let me tell you a little bit about them so bella is uh she does like um a bit of rap and a bit of singing she's great love her molly is literally the 2018 version of christina aguilera she she's like 16 i think um but her voice is just insane sean from croydon london girl is croydon london it's close enough, isn't it, really? Let's be honest. And then we've got Scarlett, who was actually on it last year, if you watched it last year. Um, she's made it through to the live shows this year. Yay! 
and she's great. She's just got such a powerful voice. So who is going to be joining those four girls? So first up, we had Robbie and the groups. They headed to Beverly Hills. Um, his guest judge was David Walliams. Love it. Um, he just tried, he tried to outdo Sunita. I mean, you just can't outdo Sunita, can you? But he dressed as a, I think he was trying to go for a boy band look, but basically came out in like these leather hot pads and a hat and sunglasses it's just i mean only david williams could really get away with it <laughs> so lma choir they covered hold back the river by james bay they're great there's like 15 of them though so th- and i don't think x factor's ever had a choir so that'd be something different a star these girls are great they're a duo i think they're like 15 so they're the youngest in the competition they mix a bit of old school with a bit of new school so they basically did back to life mix- mixed with um storm seas too big for your boots Oh, love them. Just bring in like a little breath of fresh air. I feel like there's nothing in the music industry that's like them. So I think they could go really far. Then we had Panda and Burgundy, the two ladies that were put together after auditioning as soloists. They sang Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Their voices are just perfect for that song. Boy band, you've got to have a boy band in there. Vibe 5, they're called. Uh, they were put together after auditioning as soloists. So they're trying to do a bit of a 1D situation. Um, they sang Say You Won't Let Go. Each of them really like showcased their different vo- voices. But I think they can still work together as a group. Um, I would have liked some more harmonies though. I think what's the point in having five solo singers? Like you might as well be a solo artist, right? Um, so I would have liked some more harmonies. Hey, I could be the fifth judge here. Then we had a girl band. They sang 1D uh, History. For me personally, they're a little bit like yelly like and shouty. Maybe, like, I don't know, it was like everyone was trying to outdo each other. But they were, again, soloists that were put together as a girl band. And we had Misunderstood. Oh, these guys are great. They're like the Raksu of this year. They've been together for nine years. And Robbie said that he was a little bit concerned that they'd been together for so long. Like, why haven't... Why are they not in the industry already? I guess point, but at the same time, like, I, I'm such a big believer in fate. So I feel like if it's not their time, then they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't have got there because they weren't ready for it. But maybe this is their year. They sang a song called Girls in London. It's their own original song. Like, they wrote it themselves. What a sick tune. Honestly, that's why I say they're this year's Raksu, because they just do all their own stuff. Yes, because uh, they said they wanted to sing this song because the girls in London are sick. Woo-woo! Yes, boys. Put them through already. I'm done. They're my winners. So, Misunderstood went through. Of course they did. Vibe 5, the boy band. A-star, the uh, young girl duo. And LMA Choir. I'm really excited about seeing a choir on the live shows. Very interesting. I mean, they're going to have to have a massive house, aren't they, to house all of that lot. Uh, next, we had Louis Tomlinson. He's got the boys. He took them to Ibiza. Uh, I bet they had a great time out there. Uh, his guest judges were Niall Rogers and Liam Payne. So he had Dalton. Um, he sang Listen. What a massive song. But he does have an incredible vocal range. So I think he got away with it. Armstrong, he sang the Friends theme. What a song choice. I don't think, I feel like no one's ever done that on The X Factor. Brilliant. Completely different version as well. Like it was one of those ones where you're listening to it and you're like, I recognise the lyrics, but I don't recognise the tune because he switched it up. Uh, Thomas came on and sang One Night Only as Thomas because in his audition that he was asked to come back as his like uh, drag queen, almost like an alter ego. But he sang this audition 
as Thomas, which I really appreciate him for. So he did One Night Only. Jay Soul, I mean, his name already, I'm just like, put him through because he's already got a celeb name, hasn't he? But there was a key change in his song. I just got to love a key change. He's got such a soulful voice as well. Then we had Anthony. He was on it last year, but um, everything kind of kicked off because of a drug scandal. But I like that he was really honest and he actually talked about it. So he didn't like brush over it. He was like, yeah, you know, I messed up last year, but I'm back. Um, to do better like he learned his lesson so everyone deserves a second chance right so good on good on you Anthony and then finally Brendan he's the Irish guy um and he sang nothing compares his voice you just don't expect that voice to come out of his body yeah he's great love him so anyway Louis chose Anthony, Armstrong, Brendan and Dalton they're his four boys I don't want to be mean but I think the boys category this year is the weakest um but I mean I haven't seen them on the live show so who knows let's see what happens this weekend then finally we had Ida and I love Ida by the way I'm absolutely obsessed with her her hair her outfits just looks great uh she's got the overs she had Leona Lewis and Adam Lambert come out and uh help her guest judge out in LA they were in LA as well Let's start with Janice. So Janice is famous for singing, um, I'm a dreamer. (laughs) That song, you know the one, yeah. She wears the most incredible headpieces. Like, I feel like I need to tweet her and be like, girl, where are your headpieces from? Because I need them all. (laughs) She sang her own song, Love is in the Atmosphere. Beautiful. I like, I do really appreciate it when they sing their own songs. I'm really happy that they're allowed to now. Uh, Then we had Ricky. I've never really listened to the lyrics of this song before. Uh, he sang When a Man Loves a Woman. But he, was, he didn't seem very happy with his audition. Although I, th- I thought it was good. But, you know, what do I know? Uh, Louise sang Piece by Piece. Then we had Gio. So he is a West End dude. Now, when you're in the West End, obviously you're all very like OTT. You're acting. So I always think when they go on to uh, like a music singing competition, they've just got to be a bit careful to not be too like jazz hands (laughs) Um, but no he wasn't he was really good he sang someone like you for me that's a bit of a karaoke classic so I feel like he could have switched it up a little bit more but you cannot deny that his voice is insane Danny oh we love Danny he is living in um oh my gosh what's that place in Spain there's a show about it Benidorm! That's it. They Could you literally hear my brain going tick, 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 tick? Uh, so he lives in Benidorm at the minute. And oh, he's just so sweet. So apparently he was on the show, or a show, 17 years ago. Or he had some kind of dealings with Simon Cowell 17 years ago. He turned him down. Now he's back. And again, it's his time. So he sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Risky song. But he really switched it up. Completely made it his own great uh then we had ola at the end he sang a song called ola i mean of course he did this guy brings so much fun to the competition he's just brilliant um he's from trinidad and tobago and he's just oh he is back in the game because in the six chair challenge i was kind of like what is this guy doing here but obviously ida saw something amazing in him and now i'm totally on her page i absolutely agree so from ida's lot she had janice go through geo danny and ola and I'd probably agree. I think that's. I think they're good. So they are our X Factor finalists. Kicks off this weekend. Live shows. Don't miss it. Or I'll be telling you about it next week. Ready, set, big. 
<laughs> I just can't help every time. I always want to join in with Noel when he does that and all the funny bake sounds that he makes when he's like, big, big, big. <laughs> Brilliant. And you're like, what's he going to do this time? So this week, we're on, uh, week eight, five people are left. So I guess you could call it like the quarterfinals. And this week they are doing Danish week. So they obviously always have three challenges. They've got the signature, the technical and the showstopper. So this week, the signature was... Now you're going to hate my pronunciation. Uh, the signature was a smorborg. Is that right? It's basically an open sandwich. And it's a Danish traditional kind of food. Uh, I remember going to Copenhagen and they had like this little festival and they were smorborgs everywhere. They were really harsh on Rahul for their feedback because he's just like fell apart a bit and it didn't look that pretty although to be honest I will have I would have still eaten it if I'm honest uh, and their toppings were great you know they had such a variety of toppings and they actually sounded quite healthy and and you only have one slice of bread so technically it's a little bit healthier than a sandwich really isn't it uh, so two was the technical they made an Eva Skiva <laughs> I think that's right. Bearing in mind, I watched this last night and uh, I've just written it down phonetically. <laughs> uh, so it's like a little pancake, but it's a ball, almost like those sweet little donuts that we get. And it's filled full of apple and like little apple compote. And it's got a strawberry jam dip. I mean, move over pancakes. I didn't see these when I was in Copenhagen. Where were they at? These look delicious. I was literally drooling when I was watching the telly. I mean, this is one of those programs that you cannot watch when you're hungry. <laughs> and yet I always seem to be watching it when I'm starving. And then I'm like, damn, I wish I could cook as good as these people. So that was their technical. The showstopper this week was a Danish cake called a Kaya Man. I think that's for like a male version or there's a female version as well, which is basically a Danish birthday cake. But it's not actual cake. It's made from pastries, like little Danish pastries. And then they're put together to normally make someone, like maybe the birthday person. So the people in the competition, the bakers, they had to kind of base their person on someone that they knew or someone that they looked up to. So people did relatives or their sister or a friend or whatever. Um, and the tradition, which I find hilarious and a little bit creepy, is that they cut the head off. So they cut the head off this person and then everyone at the birthday party screams. Yeah, it sounds more like Halloween, doesn't it? Tell me about it. Anyway, their showstoppers were beautiful. They were so creative. Uh, although a lot of people had difficulty with their Danish pastries because I didn't know. But the reason why Danish pastries are so like fluffy and light and not too dry is because it's a layer of pastry, then a layer of butter, layer of pastry, butter, and so on. Um, and that's why it's so like, it is really buttery. That's why you get like the all butter croissants and they're not too dry. Anyway... Manon was really lucky because her sister used to date a Danish guy. So he'd actually cooked a lot of this at their home. Great. I mean, talk about a little head start there. Um, Kim Joy, poor girl, she ended up crying. I feel like I've been there before so many times because they were like criticising her dish that she made or her cake that she made. And, oh, you could just see how much effort she'd put into it. And 
she was like, you know, when you go into that like hyperventilating stage when you're like, no, I'm trying not to cry. I'm trying not to cry. And she was just there and her face was getting redder and redder. And I was like, please, can someone go and hug her? No one hugged her. I would have been first up there. Um, but, you know, I feel like I've been in that situation so many times, not when someone's criticised my baking. I mean, I've been, I have been in that situation many a time as well. Don't think anyone's ever said anything good about my baking. Probably because I haven't baked. There's my issue. But, as you know, as soon as, you know, when you're feeling... Um, upset and you don't want to show it but then as soon as someone's like are you okay and then you just burst into tears yeah that's basically what happened to Kim Joy but anyway at the end of last night's episode poor Manon went and then they said it was because she obviously she's French and she uses a lot of French cooking and that was the biggest critique so when they made the um, small ball and the bread she made a French bread so it wasn't traditionally Danish. And then when she made the pastries, she made a traditional French croissant and a pan au chocolat. Again, French. So not sticking to like the traditional Danish theme. So fair enough. Whatever. Uh, so down to the semi-finals next week. I want to see who's going to make it through to the finals. My money is actually on Ruby. I think she's going to do really, really well. Let me know who you think is going to go through. Tweet me at Lexi Carducci. All the socials. Time for my fashion fix for this week. I honestly love fashion. I don't even know when my obsession with clothes started, uh, but I'm sure it was quite a while ago because I have lots of wardrobes full of them. (laughs) So anyway, I thought each week I'd talk you through a fashion trend and give you some examples that I found online. So this week it is leopard print. That is my fashion focus for this week. And I'm actually not the biggest fan of leopard print. I think it's got to be done right and it's everywhere at the minute. So, you know, when I say it's got to be done right, keep it classy for the leopard print. Uh, But it's great for this time of year because you can pair it with black, um, but it adds like a little bit of colour or something to catch the eye, some point of interest. So I've picked out some leopard print items that I found online. In fact, my first three items are all from a company called Dancing Leopard. If you haven't heard of them before, go and check them out on Instagram online. I've bought so many things from them and they're just, it's one of those brands where you don't see everybody in it, but it's still a reasonable price. But they've got a lot of leopard print in at the minute. It's, I mean, it's in their name, isn't it, really? So first up is the Marley dress. It's in blush leopard print. So it's kind of the same print as leopard print, but it's toned down. So it's not so in your face. It's a bit more of like a, well, like they say, a blush colour. It's three quarter sleeves. It's got a tie belt in the middle. It's like a little mini shirt dress. Um, it would look great if you teamed it with little black ankle boots, maybe some, like, keep your legs out for a minute because we can. Um, black trilby hat. That would look great. It's £45, like I said, Dancing Leopard. They've also got a maxi skirt. Now, I've seen a lot of people wearing leopard print maxi skirts. And they look they look nice. Or leopard print, like, pencil skirts. But this is a maxi skirt. It's high-waisted, which I always think is so flattering. It's got, like, almost like an elasticated waist, but with a belt. It comes with its own belt. But if you wanted to pair, like, a black belt with it, it would look pretty cool as well. Um, pair with black heels. I always think with midi stuff... Um, it can tend to look a little heavy, if that makes sense. So yeah, pair with black shoes or for the evening or black boots in the day. Uh, for work, you could wear like a black or a white shirt with it. It's £42. Um, 
that as well is from Dancing Leopard. And the third thing from Dancing Leopard, it's called the Jagger Maxi Dress. Again, moving away from the traditional leopard print. This is white and black leopard print. Uh, maxi dress, it's got a slit up the side, so it does have a little bit of sass. That certainly adds a bit of sass. Pair with, again, with like a black leather jacket would look nice. Black boots, black hat. Throw on the accessories. I think the less full-on leopard you go, the better. <laughs> that is £55. I've actually got a maxi dress from them, very similar, in navy blue. You can pull it in at the middle or pop on your own black belt with it. looks nice. Then we've got a leopard print shirt, £25 from Pretty Little Thing. Uh, you can tuck this kind of like messily into black jeans, black high-waisted jeans. Or if you've got like wet look leggings or a pair of just normal cotton leggings, uh, just chuck it on over the top. Or you could tuck one side in, make it a little bit different. Simple and only £25. So we've got skinny leopard print jeans. These are Jamie jeans from Topshop. I buy Jamie jeans, like they are the only jeans I buy from Topshop because they're so skinny and they're high-waisted. In fact, I'm wearing a pair of grey ones as I speak. <laughs> I've backed myself up there. Uh, so Topshop, £46. They're so, oh, these look insane online. People have put them on with like the Gucci belt, black belt. I definitely say put on a black belt with them because it's just a bit of contrast. And a black top, like black shirt or black t-shirt would look quite cool. And maybe like a big boy hat. Done. Outfit sorted. Uh, if you want to be a little bit different as well, leopard print polo neck, £24 from Urban Outfist. Outfitters, uh, they've paired it on their model with like a rust coloured skirt, bit different, taking it away from the black and leopard print, and it looks really nice. Love that. Uh, if you don't want to go the full shabam, or you're thinking, you know what, I just want to ease my way into the leopard print, then I found a few little accessories. So M&S nailing it at the minute. Uh, they've got a leopard print thin scarf, nine pound fifty, Marks and Spencers. Perfect to finish off like any little outfit, just to add a touch of leopard print. You don't have to go OTT. Um, wear it with a, like a little black shirt or a polo neck would look nice just to finish it off. Then they've got a leopard print skinny belt. Marks and Spencer's £9.50 as well. Great with a black leather skirt, like a pencil skirt. That would look really cool. Uh, or high-waisted black jeans, just to add a little bit of something. Uh, there's a leopard print chunky ankle boot from New Look, 27 99 great with black jeans or if you're wearing like a black jumper dress just to add a pop of color and you want to move away from going all black uh there's a leopard print duvet from urban outfitters brilliant i mean if you don't want to even wear leopard print out have it in the house 30 pounds and if you're going on holiday so there's a leopard print one piece swimsuit it's in the sale as well of course it is eight pound from boohoo so there you go that's how you can work your leopard print this week Celebs Go Dating is officially back on our tellies. This is the fifth series, E4, every night of the week, nine o'clock. But the celebs that are on it this year, Olivia Jade Atwood from Love Island, Chloe Sims from TOWIE, Alec from Maiden Chelsea, Sam Krask from Diversity, um, Vaz J. Morgan from TOWIE, we've got uh, Eyal Booker, Machia Buena, so good. So I was watching it Monday night or Sunday night. I think it started Sunday. I was watching it Sunday night and one of my friends popped up on it, Charlotte Brooke, who I used to do pageants with. And I was like, hey there, pretty face. I recognize you. So obviously I messaged her to be like, great, can I interview you for my podcast? And uh, so yeah, I thought I'd chat to Charlotte about her date with Alec. 
so I, I didn't watch last night's episode, like I literally have not had time to watch it, so that will be what I'm catching up on tonight, but you went on your date with Alec on Monday, the date um, aired, but I didn't watch what you gave him as feedback, so what, what was your score out of 10 for Alec? So, interestingly enough, they didn't show my feedback on the TV, on the episode, but it's because I didn't give him a score, because I hate marking people out of 10, I think it's a really horrible thing to do. Yeah, no, I get I get it, I get it. So you didn't give him a score. What would have you scored him? Come on, Shah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, like, it depends how we're marking it, like, as a date, I, said, I would have said something like a four or five, because it was a bit of a failed date. Like, he took me to a burger lobster shack. And, you you're, know, ve like, and you're vegan. <laughs> yeah, like, know your audience. <laughs> know your audience. I love it. <laughs> and then he got kind of drunk, which is like, you know, maybe I mean, he was nervous, obviously. But I was there sipping gin and tonic, and he was, like, necking gin. Oh, um, no. For a date that I would choose, I would be doing something like an activity. Um you know, maybe maybe that wouldn't have worked for the show or something. But um, yeah, but as a guy, he's actually quite interesting. Yeah, what did what did, what did you think about, about him? And did you talk about things on the show that we didn't see? Like, do you feel like it has been quite edited? Yeah, I mean, of course they have to cut um, into a small amount of time to put it into the like one hour episode, and we were chatting for a good few hours, I think. You know, so there was a lot that was said. And the, the nice thing is that he's very easy to talk to. So you do actually have proper conversation and it was flowing, you know. It wasn't like, it wasn't forced. Nobody was sat there going, oh, guys, you need to talk about this. It wasn't like that at all. It was just like we were gen genuinely just chatting. Um, and we talked about a lot of stuff. So, But what did you like about Alec? Because obviously you talked to him quite a bit at the mixer. What kind of drew you to him? Well, you know, we actually didn't speak that much at the mixer, and I was incredibly shocked that he picked me. No way! Um, <laughs> did you have any, like, preconceptions really... about him from being on Maiden Chelsea? No, you know, I don't actually watch TV that much. Like, okay. I've been something on Netflix, but I don't, yeah, I, just, I don't even have TV. Um, I love that, yeah. though. So you literally had, you were, literally went in blind, really. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the much. perfect way to do it because then you're not like, oh, I'm talking to Alec off Maiden Chelsea. Like, he's just a genuine guy. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, so I didn't go in with any sort of preconceived ideas, which is, which is nice, I think. But he was, just, he was nice. He was easy to get along with and he was very funny. He got, a bit, he got a bit too drunk and a bit like, I really want to kiss you. And then like, can I stroke your leg and can I touch oh, your yeah. hair behind your ear? Oh, no. Oh, that's so... I remember seeing him do that when he went to put your hair behind your ears and I was like, don't touch me on the first date. <laughs> I know. Oh. Because at the end of your date, he did ask to kiss you on the lips and you declined so politely, Charlotte. Like, I honestly feel like you had such a line for anyone that was trying to get out of that on a date when you said, maybe next time. I was just like, I literally applauded because I was like, well, you've just left it open for another date, but at the same time, you shut him down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't like people who are drunk making, making advances, and I think that's probably, that was a turn-off. Yeah. So at the time, I didn't want to kiss him, and that was a genuine feeling, and I wouldn't have kissed someone for any other reason other than I want this, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And I always feel like with the show that it's very, the first date is always, oh, let's just go and have some drinks. But then as they go yeah. through the other dates, it becomes more like, okay, we'll do an activity or whatever. Yeah. And I think I've, I'm the same as you. Like I bond with someone so much more doing an activity or like actually doing something rather than just sitting and having to make forced conversation. Yeah, I think it's more awkward when you're sat there, like, what do I say to the person? Like, you're nervous. But when you're doing something, nervousness and, like, um, what's the word, excitement, they have the same sort of energy within your body, so... Oh, I like that. That's a scientific dating answer. <laughs> Thanks for that one. <laughs> really nerdy thing to say. <laughs> no, I like it, but it makes so much sense. It really does. So how's your dating life been going since going on your date with Alec? Have you been on any other dates? Not really. I mean, I was dating somebody a little bit, but they have since uh, gone travelling, so that's it. Oh, no! <laughs> so, yeah, not <laughs> time for a long distance. <laughs> but what what dating advice would you give to, like, other people, other daters out there? Like, what's your top three dating tips? Um, I mean, I think that's difficult because, obviously, everyone is different. But the one thing that I would say for a girl or a guy works to either is if you're going to organize a first date the best thing to do is to invite them somewhere that is something that you already do that you're passionate about oh, I like like, it. if you love art then invite them to a, like a drawing class or pottery class or something like that because it's like when you're passionate about something you'll be relaxed because you're in your own comfort zone and you can show them something, teach them something, and then the next time you can say, well, let's do something that you like to do, and you can show me that into your world. And I think that's a really nice sort of introduction. Yeah, what a great idea. I love that. Right, I need to go on a date with you, Charlotte. <laughs> that sounds brilliant. <laughs> Time. we should go somewhere yes 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 yeah we'll, we'll do a girl's date I like it uh, but I love that you managed to slip in on television a little promo about yourself and your laundry line I love that I was like yes Charlotte get that plug in <laughs> tell me more about it how's it going so, I mean I love underwear and I love lingerie and um I just think that it doesn't need to harm animals in this day and age. You know, like, we've yeah. come so far and we've developed so many different types of materials. I wanted to create a line that kind of reflected that, but not just not just a line of underwear. I want to create a movement and I want to show people that you don't have to harm others, animals or, or anyone else, to look and feel sexy. And it's, I want it to be accessible to everyone because I don't want it to be an exclusive group of people who can be eco-friendly. Everyone should be able to reach like that level like we should all be able to be eco-friendly yeah and I think that is the way that the world is going did you watch Stacey Dooley's um thing on fashion Dirty Secrets of Fashion no, I haven't seen that. Oh my gosh, go and watch it, Charlotte. You will love it. It's um, it's so, so good. It's called Fashion's Dirty Secrets. You can get it on catch-up. And it's, um, she goes and explores like the damage that growing cotton is doing. Honestly, watch it. You'd love it. Yeah, for sure, I will do. Well, thank, thank you for talking to me about Celebs Go Dating. So this next section of my podcast is called The Life of Lexi, where I just tell you a little bit about what I've been doing or maybe something interesting that I've done throughout the week. So two weeks ago now, we went on a little French road trip, completely on a whim. I call it flying by the seat of my pants, very spontaneous trip to France. Uh, So basically... 
some friends of my dad's did a charity run in a three-wheeler Reliant Robin. Now, if you please go and Google a picture, why not? Uh, there's a picture of it on my gram as well, at Lexi Carducci. Uh, so have a little look there. But basically, you'll know it from Only Fools and Horses. You know, the little yellow van that Del Boy drives around. Yeah, it's kind of like that. I think that's a different model, but it's basically the same thing. So these three guys did this charity run. It's all like labelled up. It's every bonnet of each car was designed by a different artist. So they're being sold off at auction. Um, My dad's actually put in a bid (laughs) of the bonnet of the car that we went to get. Of course he did. So these guys took it all the way down. Well, they took it from Sheffield in the UK all the way down to Nice. Uh, I was following them online and it seemed like the car had a few issues because it broke down more than once, uh, probably about 10 times, uh, to the point where the engine was being held in by cable ties and the gear stick had completely come out of where the gear stick sits. Brilliant, yeah. So they abandoned it in Nice Airport and my dad was like, oh, guys, I'll go and fetch it back for you. And they were like, great, well, if you go and fetch it, you can have the car. My dad was like, great, I'm there. Um, However, what my dad probably didn't think about was the fact to get us all, so my mum, my dad, myself and my boyfriend and the dog and his car, we drove that all the way down from London down to Nice. And uh, every night, it took us five nights, every night we stayed in a different hotel. Now, the cost of doing all that is probably about three times what the car is worth. Uh, if not more. Uh, But, you know, like I said, we're flying by the seat of our pants. We're doing it because it's a bit of an adventure, really, isn't it? So our trip went like this. On Thursday, we drove all the way from here down to Dijon in France. So that was, my dad did 11 hours of driving that day. Absolutely mad. Stayed in a little hotel on uh, just off the motorway. Then we flew down the motorway to Nice on Friday and had a little pit stop in Monte Carlo because why not? You know, when in Rome and all that, when in Monte Carlo, <laughs> we went and had dinner in Stars and Bars. Then we went to Nice Airport to try and find this car on Friday night. It's dark. It's raining. Brilliant. Now. Did we think to check where the guys left the car in the car park? Nope, we just assumed that Nice Airport was tiny and had one car park. It had nine multi-storey car parks and we had to search every single one of them to find this car, (laughs) which took us probably close to two hours, but we found it in the end. Uh, Then we decided, right, we'll pick it up on the morning on Saturday. So we went and stayed in a hotel, really nice like beachfront hotel in Nice. Um, picked up the car the next morning on Saturday and we drove, because this little car, because we know that it's broken down like a million times, uh, we didn't really want to risk taking it on the motorway. So basically we'd left ourselves four days to like travel casually up through France, through like the mountain roads and the coal roads. So we took all the mountain passes to Valbonnes. My mum actually later figured out that we'd done one of the most dangerous roads in Europe and we didn't even know about it. And we did it in a three-wheeler car brilliant. (laughs) Uh, So we stayed in Valbonnes on Saturday night where we had the best little steak that you could imagine. It was so good. We ate at this restaurant and on the menu, my mum's really good at French. She is. She'll say she's not, but she really is. And she thought on the menu, it said donkey's ears. And we were like, okay, we're definitely not having that. So we pretty much all ended up having the beef because it was the only thing, de buff. That's the only thing that we could all figure out what it was on the menu. But when we looked up this donkey's ears thing, it's just like a slang saying for 
it was like a pasta dish. It sounded awesome. And now I'm like, so Sunday we traveled through Chalamon um, to a place called Ch- Chatillon-Sucine. I think that's how you pronounce it. Now, in France, on a Sunday, I learned that you cannot eat anywhere after two o'clock. We were starving. We couldn't find a McDonald's because that was like our backup plan. And we just kept going off our Google Maps to all these restaurants that said they'd be open. And when we arrived, they were open, but they stopped serving food. So like all the chefs had gone home at two, so no one could serve us any food. Everyone was like, tea, tea or tea? No, I just want a pizza. (laughs) Um, And then we drove through Chalamon. And oh my goodness, the kindest lady ever in this patisserie, this tiny little patisserie that was open, gave us a cheese flan and four chocolate eclairs. I love that lady. Bless her soul. Um, Massive shout out to her. And then Sunday night, we stayed in Châtillon-sur-Seine. I think that's how you pronounce it. My French is horrific. And we basically stayed in someone's house. Yeah. It was this like elderly couple. They were so sweet. And... I mean, it did at first remind us of something out of a horror movie and we were like, we're probably not going to come out of this alive. But no, they were lovely. We had breakfast in their like dining room with them. And then the final night, we drove to New Le Mines. I think that's how you pronounce it again. <laughs> oh, don't ever let me do anything French. Um, so that's where we stayed on our final night. Now, I learned two things on our journey about France. One, Do not try and eat anywhere between the hours of 2pm and 7pm because nothing's open. And also, on a more positive note, they are so dog friendly. It's ridiculous. Like, I really feel like the UK needs to take a leaf out of their book because Bali, my little poodle, came with us everywhere. Half the places we didn't even have to ask. They were just like loving the dog. I mean, I think they welcomed the dog more than everyone welcomed us. But there we go. That was my life with Lexi for this week. Little trip to France. So good. Hoping to put together a video so keep your eyes peeled for that. But all of my pictures are on my Instagram at Lexi Carducci. So go have a little look. In the music scene this week, Little Mix have released a brand new song. It's called Woman Like Me. They released that last Friday. Uh, it went straight into the Vodafone Big Top 40 at number three. Whoop, whoop. I expect nothing less from them. It's such a tune, such a little female anthem as well. Uh, their album drops later this year. And to follow on from that kind of female anthem vibe, apparently it's only featuring women. So this first hit features Nicki Minaj, such a tune, go check it out. A new movie has dropped with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper called A Star Is Born. Uh, That's open in cinemas and three of its songs, I think, are in the charts already. So Shallow's at number two and Always Remember Us This Way is at number 10. And Ollie Murs and Snoop Dogg have released a song together. I love it. The video was actually released today. It's called Moves. Go and have a look because I had to do a double take when I was watching it. Um, Mr. Bean is at the bar. Mr. Bean is behind the bar. Now, obviously when Mr. Bean wrote Atkinson, does that mean that this is going to be like a bit of a soundtrack to the new Johnny English film? Just, you know, just thinking about it. It's quite funny though. I love Oli Merz's kind of, he's really got into his acting roles, I feel. I feel we're going to see him in a film next. <laughs> he uh, basically tr- is trying to get into a club at the beginning of the video to meet Snoop Dogg and the bouncers are like, Oli who? Uh, and then he's a geek at first until Mr. Bean hands him this drink. Anyway, there's my explanation of the video. Go check it out yourself. It's all over YouTube and Oli Merz himself put out a tweet to it earlier on. 
So I've talked you through all the TV gossip from Strictly to Bake Off, X Factor, Celebs Go Dating, covered it all. But what about the generic celeb gossip? What has been going on this week? What have you missed? Here you go. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have announced that they are having a baby in spring next year. Very exciting. Rochelle Humes has been announced to cover this morning whilst Holly Willoughby is away filming I'm a Celeb with Deck. Ariana Grande and her fiancé Pete Davidson have reportedly split. Channing Tatum is dating Jessie J. That's probably the biggest surprise of all. Where did this come from? How did they meet? Does anyone have the answer to these questions? Let me know. And uh, another royal wedding last Friday, which saw Princess Eugenie marry Jack Brooksbank at St George's Chapel in Windsor. Princess Eugenie is actually Princess Eugenie. Yeah, I just can't get used to it. There's this lady in the pub and I've been calling her Debbie for probably the last six months. I learned last week her name's Barbara, but you just like, she is Debbie to me. <laughs> I just can't get over it. So I thought I'd read you some facts about her wedding. Robbie Williams' daughter was also a bridesmaid. Yes. Didn't know that. She's so cute. She's in some of the magazines. She's very, very cute. So Eugenie's earrings were actually a gift like a pre-wedding gift from her husband to be and they matched her wonderful tiara that she was wearing it was an emerald tiara it was lent to her by the queen uh it was made in 1919 andrea bocelli uh performed during the service that's pretty massive isn't it did you hear about um who put out a tweet the other day saying, you know you've made it when you hire Ed Sheeran to sing at your wedding? And then someone like responded to it saying, no, you know you made it when Ed Sheeran volunteers to sing at your wedding. And I was like, boom, that's sick. Anyway, I digress. Uh, <laughs> Princess Beatrice's reading during the service was from The Great Gatsby. That is my kind of reading. I love that. My friend Larissa, I will hold her to this, has uh, asked if my friend Sarah and I can do a reading at her wedding. And we were thinking of reading a Drake song, but like really seriously, like controller. <laughs> and just reading it like really bluntly. See how that goes down. Right, so that's kept you up to date with the celeb gossip. What's going on this week? What you've missed out on? Now to end my podcast, my very first podcast, I hope you've enjoyed. Um, I thought I'd end with Lexi's life lessons. So here is what the advice that I've given out to friends this week. First thing is... Now, my friend, poor Larissa, my poor friend Larissa got back from Italy. She had such a lovely trip. She got back, had to take a day off work. She hasn't taken a day off work in three years because she caught something on the plane on the way back. My uncle had this a while ago as well, where he caught a cold coming back on a plane. It's so common because the air conditioning is just circulating. So if anyone's sick, it's like going around the plane. It can't escape. So here's what you do if you're taking a holiday or you've got sick on a plane and you're like, how do I not get sick or catch something from being on a plane? Vaseline, people, that is the answer. Pop a bit of Vaseline on your nose, like just all over your nose. Just whack it on. Don't be afraid of it because apparently it catches germs. So, like, if there are any going around, it gets stuck to the Vaseline on its way into your nose. There you go. Bob's your uncle, hopefully. Let me know if that works because honestly, I do it every time. I've got the worst immune system ever. Uh, to finish with, I thought I'd leave you with a quote for the week. So just throwing it back to when I was in France, um, that day when the lovely little lady offered us lunch 
a flan, a cheese flan and the four chocolate eclairs and a cup of tea in the patisserie in Chalamon. I was so thankful. And basically, this is where I found my quote from this week. Um, We can't help everyone, but everyone can help someone. So live by that for your week. Um, Because however big or small your gesture may seem, it could be like, seem like a massive thing for someone to just offer a small gesture exactly like that lady in the patisserie when no one else would feed us and she gave us cheese flan I mean I didn't even know that I like cheese flan I wouldn't say it's something that I would like but I was just like just give me the cheese flan please thank you so much (laughs) anyway live by that for your week I've been Lexi Carducci this has been live love laugh with me Lexi Carducci and I will see you next week have a good one ciao